When we talk about social media, we usually talk about the glamour aspect of it. We never really talk about how it portrays and affects our mental health. So on today's episode of Yours Mentally, we talk about media's portrayal of mental health. This episode is in conversation with Nishi Ravi, who is a psychotherapist. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So on today's episode where we talk about media's portrayal of mental health, Nishi, can you talk about some movies or shows in which mental illnesses have been overly romanticized? uh i guess the first very very obvious one that comes to mind is is 13 reasons why it really did open up you know this very large arena to discuss what is usually trad- like taboo and misunderstood especially topics around mental health assault and suicide but also i think greatly romanticized all of these things it glamorized suicide as you know this ultimate act of vindication and and righting wrongs that that have happened to you when you're alive I think it I haven't seen it fully but I do know that it showed like this very graphic scene of her death. I think th- this show was particularly harmful because of the very black and white way in which it portrayed suicide when mm-hmm. you know in reality there are many many cumulative elements internal elements as well as external that mm-hmm. that can impact you. Uh that only sort of keep compounding over time and I don't think that 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 nuanced perspective of suicide was really captured in that show the main character um, hannah she she did experience a lot of trauma and complicated relationships and she describes a lot of them in detail around what her classmates did and you know there there's a separate tape uh, blaming each of them uh, through mm-hmm. the series there's there's a very famous trauma specialist uh, called gabor mate and he makes a very very interesting statement where trauma is not what happens to you it's mm-hmm. what happens inside you as a result of what happens to you yeah. um and i think if the show's creators have just taken some time to explore hannah's inner world what happened to her inside in what happened inside her as a result of these externalities how all these different circumstances interacted inside her i think that would have been a very responsible representation of mental health you know i wish they'd explored a bit more about hannah's mental health conditions and not just this very a uh, unidimensional perspective of what everyone around her her did to her mm-hmm. so that's one uh, the other one would also would probably be harley quinn she has such an array of of psychological vulnerabilities especially the ones surrounding her auditory and visual hallucinations from what i understood you know it was almost as if these writers had borrowed different symptoms from every column of every illness inside the dsm and put this in a very pretty package of harley quinn to you know pander mm-hmm. to all the male fantasies around her <laughs> you know i understand that this might have also been an attempt to show someone as this really strong female lead who's reclaiming <laughs> power and strength but you know if you want to really reclaim power you can include so much more contextual information and make her an anti-hero instead of this kind of a villain um mm-hmm. because again this is this it kind of gives some very very uh, dangerous ties to mental health and danger and stability this sort of fetish, fetishization of mental illness romanticizing you know this very abusive relationship that harley quinn had with joker and it was and you know further perpetrated by really harmful incorrect notions of mental health you know she's a psychiatrist she holds a doctor she's a survivor of abuse mm-hmm. she's she's much more than this this persona that you know was portrayed on screen and i think especially today when the rates of intimate partner violence and domestic violence are so high there is a responsibility that filmmakers hold to put to put in a little more thought into how they want to portray on screen relationships you know this uh, there, there was so much discussion around domestic violence when 
this Arjun Reddy and Kabir Singh came out yeah. and i think it was packaged very differently in that film versus in i mean to some extent they were both romanticized but you're not going to see people cosplaying as as Kabir Singh and his girlfriend but Joker and Harley Quinn are probably the most like cosplay people that you can see mm. the media has manipulated us into focusing on the aesthetics of their relationship and their looks and you know the devotion and the loyalty that both of them supposedly show to each other when mm-hmm. in reality it's a very dangerous relationship that is that is filled with a lot of psychological distress mm-hmm. so you know when the media treats emotional struggles as these cute quirky personality traits it it diminishes the efforts and and it really discounts the depth of vulnerability that's faced by people that live with these conditions i think there are so many great opportunities to have really insightful dialogue in psychoeducation that the media have completely ignored uh, mm-hmm. because you know their their ultimate aim is to create a very drama filled content uh, content rich addictive binge worthy series yeah. um so i think i think the the main idea of wanting to portray something as a as a struggle as a mental health concern just gets washed away in that process right also i feel like a other show that dramatizes mental illness is, is you mm-hmm. um i think that that show is basically about how you know he likes his girl and then he kills everyone who he thinks like so mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it reaches it reaches to a point where he kills the girl's best friend and then he eventually ends up killing the girl that he likes as well oh my god you know? yeah so i feel like a lot of people are seeing the show as something that oh he was in, he was crazily in love yeah. and like you know he went to extremes of doing something mm-hmm. i don't think they realize that the danger that the show is also portraying at the same time that you know that he is like he's so crazy that he goes on to kill people mm-hmm. and like it's not just you know a a one time thing he keeps doing it it he mm-hmm. feeds of killing people and it's a very normal occurrence for him you know so i feel like that is another thing and uh, again like you said you know the directors they need to you know, be learn mindful while you know making these shows i feel like when they call out for it, their excuses that they're doing it for the money for the views and all mm-hmm. but I, think, i don't think they understand the aspect of mental health and the uh, effects that it's going to have on people's mental health and like you also spoke about how you know people who actually deal with these problems for mm. them it's just going to be a very bad uh, feeling you know because i feel in a way they will feel invalidated because their mm. mentalness that they are going through is being used on screen as you know mm-hmm. something that uh, in in a way that it shouldn't be absolutely you know? or even worse you know god forbid if if a victim or a survivor of abuse is to watch shows that that include such a glamorization and glorification of domestic violence on screen I mean I yeah. can't imagine how invalidating how crushing it might feel to actually watch something in that sense. Yeah. And even like the whole thing with Kabir Singh you were saying that mm-hmm. people don't cosplay it mm-hmm. but like a lot of people my age and even like a few mm-hmm. years older and younger mm-hmm. they feel like it's like if there's like one angry friend in the group they call him oh, Kabir Singh mm-hmm. you know. Like they did that his pet name Kabir yeah. Kabir Singh all of that you know. Right, because right. I I don't think they understand that what Kabir Singh actually was you know. Yeah. because yeah. bollywood shows it as something you know not as serious like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i don't think they understand like and the the whole aspect of you know how women are treated badly also comes in a way or you know it yeah. was the way the movie showed kabir treating his wife it was shown as something that is completely okay yeah. the whole movie was you know 
much much more centered around love than mm-hmm. around how he treats women yeah around you know? then it you know it should have been portrayed as what it is abuse yeah. abuse in its plainest sense Pla- yeah. yeah but it was all about how oh my god kabhi loved you know this uh, one apriti a lot mm-hmm. Mm. and he went to do any he went on to do anything for her and the end they get married they happy and all but mm. they don't show the dark side right you know how no. much he used to abuse preeti emotionally yeah. physically yeah. and all that yeah so i feel like that that that's that's the thing right so our, mm. our media like really plays with the minds of the people and they're succeeding at it because you absolutely know, and when you choose you know even when you choose really charismatic actors to portray roles you know harley quinn is i mean margot robbie is probably one of the most successful gorgeous and excellent actresses on screen today who wouldn't want to emulate her slash her roles so i mean i can understand just how charismatic all of these characters are to you know to people who are consuming consuming them yeah Yeah. So, uh, which movies or shows, according to you, give into the clutches of mental health and therapy, and draw an incorrect picture of it? I, I can't limit this to just like the two or three, but there, there's a lot. I think the first ones, like the most recent one, at least, is is going to be Family Man, the second season. But there's also, you know, there's Lucifer, there's Suits, there's How I Met Your Mother. Okay, so just starting with with the therapist in Family Man, I think he was mostly there, you know, just to add some comedic value to this plotline and nothing else. But the kind of unethical behavior that surrounds his work, the the complete lack of respect for his clients, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, he keeps giving this really insufferable life advice and these quirky one-liners. The way he regulates his his fees depending on who is seeing him and. quote and quote how difficult they are in the session mm-hmm. i have no doubt that there may be several unregulated therapists who you know might be practicing in the same way even if not as extreme but you know it's so important that as as people who who go to therapy as people who you know watch therapists on screen it's so important to know that well trained ethical therapists would not practice in such a manner and if they are you really really should find find a way to report them or make that more publicized you know there's all as i spoke about earlier there's always a fetishization and hypersexualization not just of of mental illnesses but also of therapists and them abusing their positions of power i know the therapist in in lucifer you know she really doesn't set very clear boundaries about who she sees as clients and who she sees as friends you know she sleeps with the show's protagonist lots of boundaries that she kind of bypasses you know where lucifer just kind of keeps getting up in the middle of sessions and leaving and you know she keeps engaging him and you know his friends not just in generic settings outside but also like in a club with alcohol you know which is really really not done even in in how i met your mother and in in suits you know the the main characters go on to date their therapists and mm-hmm. in suits they try to cover it up with a little bit of you know legally saying oh the you know a certain amount of time has passed so therefore it is it is legal to to date my client but it is highly frowned upon you know yeah the the most sound reasoning that therapists are banned from dating their clients is transference and projection so one of the styles of therapy that i practice is psychodynamic therapy and so a big part of the work that i do is to provide an emotionally corrective experience to to my clients who may be carrying some very painful emotions from other relationships in their lives mm-hmm. so carrying these repressed and wounded feelings into the safety of a therapeutic zone really allows them to healthily sit with these emotions and work through them you know with your therapist's empathy with non-judgment and with a lot of positive regard so taking the case of suits a lot of 
you know Harvey's wounds had to do with with the rejection that he felt from from Donna and this very complicated layered uh, relationship that he shared with her so i think Harvey's therapist you know instead of eventually going on to date him could have just spent more time in therapy with him unraveling some of the deeper aspects you know of of his panic attacks of his anxiety of his relationship history and you know really help Harvey get a better understanding of his own conflicted feelings yeah so some of these shows have elements that resonate with people but you know they they really do perpetuate a lot of misconceptions around therapy which is even more harmful in a country like india where mental health is still so stigmatized and inaccessible you know i feel like a lot of people in india mm-hmm. are really influenced by movies okay mm-hmm. because for the, a lot of them act, these actors are their heroes and you know <laughs> yeah. what is the movie the message that it gives out for them it's true it, mm-hmm. in most cases mm-hmm. so i feel like if these movies show that you know the family man therapist was like charging different people different rates giving mm-hmm. these you know one liners and all that mm-hmm. Mm. A lot of people will think that this is what therapy is. So you know, people who come from not so educated families, like mm. say maybe the parents aren't educated, but the kids are, and the kids want to go for therapy. The parents will immediately connect their image mm. of therapy to what they've seen in Family Man. Absolutely. And they'll be like, and they'll be like, this I can do also for you at home. Mm. You know, why you want to go for therapy? That'll yeah. be the immediate response to it. Yeah. Which is why, <laughs> you know, like we spoke in the first question, the directors need to be a little responsible about what they're showing on screen. Mm. Yeah. Like I can get if that's not your main focus, but when you're spending this much of your money on creating a plot and a script, it's going to take maybe just a little bit more time and money to do some research into what a healthy therapeutic relationship can look like. Yeah. And yeah. if you're only going to portray unhealthy ones, um, how do you plan on encouraging people to actually seek help when they need it? Yeah. Do you do you think news channels and newspapers acknowledge mental health professionals as frontline workers? And do you think they're frontline workers at all? I mean anyone in the mental health industry is on the psychological front line here most of my colleagues actually all of my colleagues and I you know we have wait lists that have stretched into into months and some of us even like for the full year for those of us offering you know sliding scales and concession slots you know these slots have literally filled up in minutes for me the minute I you know put up a status saying oh I have a few concession slots the number of you know sort of requests that just flood in within minutes Mm-hmm. I think we have to leave a lot of our realities behind when we enter sessions and you know try to do our best to enter our clients frame of references. So mm-hmm. leaving behind my daily life, my boredom, my frustration, you know, my anxiety about the kind of uncertainty I'm going through mm-hmm. to try and, and try and attune to what my clients are going through and mm-hmm. try to hold all of their worries their hopelessness their helplessness and all of their needs it is really exhausting as meaningful as it is it is really really hard and it's really tiring mm-hmm. and you know this this very large map of contexts and circumstances and situations it's enormous so i think trying to understand and acknowledge that your therapist is also human that your therapist is also you know a frontline worker in their own way it sometimes does get lost i can't give you a black and white response of whether the work we do is fully appreciated by the media mm-hmm. or by those around us because of how tokenistic it can sometimes feel people start talking about suicide once you know sushant singh rajput died from it companies and corporates started taking mental health more seriously um just almost it almost as an excuse to demand more labor and quicker results from their employees so saying oh we also provide you know corporate counseling so why is why is your work still still lagging behind mm-hmm. you know this has been an emotional epidemic that we are only now sort of sitting up and taking notice of but it's been years and years of this 
the pandemic has has exacerbated it stressful work suicide depression all these things did not start in the pandemic we just started taking better notice of it that's all i mean i know you said you don't have an exact response but i do not believe that the media like the news channels mm-hmm. give importance to mental health professionals because mm-hmm. i feel like you know every time you look at a newspaper mm-hmm. you you'll see that there's there's a lot of physical health doctors whose work is mm. in the newspaper who are appreciated like if you even now if you see the newspaper there'll be something about someone who's made the vaccine and all of that mm. but when like <coughs> a psychologist has done some research it's just not there like ever mm. look i've never opened a newspaper and seen something about therapy in my mm. life okay <laughs> it's really rare and like you said you know the whole sushant singh rajput thing Mm. has brought a lot of awareness uh, which reminds me like arnab you know he mm-hmm. was speaking a lot about it and people are like oh my god you know if we used to think this guy is not good at all but you know he's mm-hmm. actually speaking about it i don't they fail to realize that he did it for the views mm-hmm. his <laughs> trp for republic uh, mm-hmm. tv would have gone crazily up and it did it mm-hmm. did because you know he was very he was like on it like, you know he he it, it was like he wanted to solve that case himself yeah and people mm-hmm. are like oh he's become a good man and i didn't realize that he just jumping on an opportunity to better his income yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and boost his own life and not he doesn't really care about mental health i don't think he cares one bit about it i mean and even when you know people do like uh, when deepika padukone came out with you know came out to sort of taking it almost in some sense taking this really difficult bullet for for so many people you know who suffer from depression and to openly speak about it and try to set something up you know there's people on either side one set of people going oh she's so rich why do you like how do you get depression if you're rich you yeah. cannot compute um the other set of people going that she's obviously only doing this for publicity when you know she's she's a superstar she doesn't need to do this for publicity mm-hmm. and you know this whether or not she's whether or not it was for publicity or not which I, i don't know if it is i hope it's not but you know she did sets so much so many things up in you know to help out uh with the mental health scene in in our country and yeah. you know at the end of the day whether it's tokenistic or not at least something really really important came out of it and i think that really needs to be applauded because it's not easy to speak up about your struggles with with something that's really a very um unsexy <laughs> uh illness yeah. a very unsexy struggle to to have and to you know speak up about it is not easy to to set something up and take the time out to make sure it's it's run effectively and ethically it's not easy so when you know films and other people on the media really kind of twist and manipulate genuine efforts it it really does suck and it makes it makes the work of you know the therapists and psychologists and and practitioners in the country it makes our work so much harder and i feel like also like <coughs> not only media and actors but i feel like a lot of like people in general <coughs> like you know a lot of kids in my generation after the whole sushant singh rajput thing mm. i saw a lot of my own friends and like a lot of people my age who are following instagram they start mm. putting out stories about how uh, mental health matters how it's okay mm. to not be okay and all of that and these same people i had never seen them put any story or take any you know mm. uh, initiative to actually you know mm. talk about mental health problems mm. so i feel like they don't care about mm-hmm. mental health. like i'm i i don't care if you know if i'm being a little controversial here but i'm just being very honest i don't think they care about mental health they're just jumping on the bandwagon mm-hmm. because for them it's like okay everyone is posting it looks serious mm-hmm. so <coughs> you know what we should do it as well mm-hmm. and then <coughs> you must have seen gradually after 2 3 months when the case uh, mm-hmm. settled down mm-hmm. nothing all stories disappeared nothing no mental health matters anymore everything mm-hmm. just went back to normal you know yeah yeah so 
like i said we're just too influenced by media mm. you know what we see on social media is what we like to believe so yeah if this is yeah. yeah this is where education really needs to come into play that you know you have you have entire hours for pt for physical health and training why not do something similar for mental health and training yeah and yeah. not under a name like value education or something like that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. something that genuinely allows you to to understand what it means to have mental hygiene what it means to take care of yourself emotionally yeah, yeah. okay sir nishi uh, which movies do a, uh, according to you do a good job at depicting a mental illness or therapy and give the watchers a holistic understanding of it i think one of them is bojack horseman Love it. yeah i haven't i haven't fully seen it um i kind of i got halfway through it and then stopped but you know i really identify with some of the the context and the dialogues in the show with you know yeah. with my feelings with also you know what a lot of my clients describe so i think they have a very very real and i think it shows you know the the really hard parts of you know depression and anxiety and and complicated relationships and the toll that all of these have on us i think it it portrayed a much more realistic light of you know mental well being another one would be this is us it is a hugely underrated show because not many people that i've spoken to have actually watched it but it's a series on prime and oh i so highly recommend it because it depicts so many aspects of mental health without being preachy or cliche about it you know the whether it's you know the internal conflicts of guilt or shame or loss the emotions faced by adopted children dealing with aging parents grieving the loss of parental figures the stressors you know that that arise from neurodiversity and disability um it also explores you know addictions panic attacks um family the show brings about so much sensitivity and rawness and around some very very well developed and written characters without you know romanticizing trauma and romanticizing mental well being i think it's done such a great job of mm-hmm. of depicting you know mental health yeah it's it's my standard go to show for everybody like if you want <laughs> something to watch watch this is us i think another really like really cute cute movie inside out great movie for kids and adults to understand you know different emotions and how these emotions sometimes feel like they can control us it's such a great way of letting people know you know that we need all of our emotions and not just the ones we we deem as positive and good you know the way we sit with our emotions and allow them to to guide us it's a great way of teaching us how to tune into to our needs and our desires i think the perks of being a wallflower it's another really great book also a film i think yeah. but you know it, it tells us how long our minds and bodies can really carry the impact of of unprocessed trauma and abuse so these are some there's there's a malayalam movie that i do know of kumbalangi nights it has this really really touching scene uh, and explores male you know male mental health as well so one of the main characters is sort of deconstructing his his trauma history with a therapist and he's really nervous at first and then he's slowly sort of building up building up a space with this therapist to to authentically bring in all of his emotions so his character is not a very typical you know he's slightly older he from a slightly lower income background um his male therapist you know really helps build up a space for for our protagonist to to process whatever grief and pain he carries so you know there's no power motivation quotes no dismissive stances but a really sensitive gentle narrative around men's mental health so i think that's great also you uh, spoke about this is us i think you should also mention it has five seasons <laughs> yes yes five seasons for everyone who who needs closure and needs something long to binge watch yes this is us <laughs> 
So when it comes to representation of mental health, what are some books, blogs, and magazines that you would recommend our listeners to read and sort of educate themselves? So I think a lot of the mental health content that we consume is written from a very whitewashed perspective. Mm-hmm. So most of the blogs, Instagram pages that you see are filled with content that is curated for an audience from the West. Mm-hmm. So when we are constantly consuming content, you know, from from a white perspective that we can't appropriately apply to a South Asian Indian perspective. There's a very, very big gap. There's a very big dissonance, you know, because we we take in all these, you know, really smart, cute nuggets of knowledge around, you know, some of these hot topics are boundaries and trauma and attachment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we feel very stuck when we can't actually apply them in our life, in our house, in our culture, with our family. So a lot of the posts that you see on Instagram, apart from just being, you know, curated for a different audience, it's also very, very reductionist in nature because, you know, on Instagram, you need to be very snappy. It needs to be a one-line quote that captures everything that really hits you in the fields. Mm -hmm. So it does tend to oversimplify a lot of concerns when in reality, especially in our culture, you know, there are many, many more layers that impact our psyche. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be consuming mental health content, go for it, you know, consume all of it, but consume it with some caution. Always try and consume something that, you know, is is made by South Asian creators and authors. A couple of, I think Neha Bhatt, who is Indian sex therapist on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Ria Gandhi's page, Decolonizing Psychotherapy, it's great. You know, they provide a really feminine view of, of mental health in Indian settings. Brown Girl Therapy is also another really great Insta page, particularly for, you know, children of immigrants and NRIs. Jamila Al-Jamil has a really good, you know, really good Insta page as well as a podcast, you know, which focuses on body positivity and mental health. But also like for as long as we're talking about, you know, India, Indians and our kind of culture and community, we do need to understand, you know, privilege, capitalism, patriarchy, the intersectionality of caste and class, and all these are really important things that, you know, are very uh, root problems, systemic problems in our society that impact mental health greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to better educate yourself, look up pages like Dalit Feminist, Dalit Desk. Um, if you want to take a queer perspective on mental health, check out the Mariwala Health Initiative, mm-hmm. Gacy, Dr. Trinetra. Very, very enlightening and touching narratives of what it means you know, to be queer in India, to have different levels of privilege in India, you know, they they really, they beautifully explore and create a space to examine discrimination, unique life stressors, homonegativity, and all the kind of erasure that is faced by, you know, people from queer and marginalized community communities. You know, they're also challenging a lot of the disenfranchisement of, of anything that goes against heteronormative, monogamist culture. They question a lot of societal structures, you know, societal structures that basically exist only to maintain a power imbalance. Mm. Um, If you're an academic, if you like reading up a bit more, I know Mariwala Health also has a really nice newsletter if you want to sensitize yourself further. In terms of maybe books and videos, um, I know the School of Life is really great and they have both books and videos which deconstruct what it means to be human and breaks down some of the 
complexities of of the human condition without spilling into you know a very typical self help book but when it comes to fiction pretty much all i'm reading right now are some things that are related to mental health i find it really hard to read you know stuff that's not related to mental health at this point because i think that you know it's it's so hard to, it's so hard to relate to books and and unless you're you're a really avid reader it's really hard to completely relate to books and you know i think right now when all of us are trying to find meaning and connection in the activities that we do you know try and find something that connects to you so my some of my like my favorite author is matt hague right now mm-hmm. and i think i j- i just finished a book of his called the midnight library highly recommend um such a great book because it really leaves a lot of room for reflection and understanding what your needs are before you try and figure out how to solve your problems and how to meet your needs so matt hague new favorite author you also talk about pages hopefully we see a nashira v therapy page <laughs> waiting for that actually uh-huh <laughs> yeah you are a fan already also there's a very there's a really nice podcast it's called yours mentally i don't know if you've uh-huh. heard of it oh, okay it's a really yeah. good podcast uh, okay yes thank you <laughs> we'll we'll definitely check it out <laughs> Okay, Nishi. So, when it comes to Bollywood, a popular movie we often remember while speaking about therapy is Dear Zindagi, directed by Gauri Shinde. So, do you think she did justice while explaining the concept of therapy and its benefits to the audience? And what are some of the aspects of therapy or mental illnesses incorrectly explained in Dear Zindagi? Oh, okay. So, at least... in recent times dear zindagi is one of the few mainstream movies that talks about the therapy process itself and it it makes it seem like a very likable process like quite the opposite of family man like if family man scared you away from therapy dear zindagi probably i don't know might have nudged you a little bit to reach out to a therapist just because who wouldn't want shahrukh khan to be your fun therapist <laughs> <laughs> okay so right off the off the bat like I like that they introduce the way they introduce the idea of therapy where you know one of uh, Alia Bhatt's friends is talking about going into therapy to accept themselves and I think that beautifully encompasses what it means to to enter therapy you know you enter therapy to explore promote your own genuinity and authenticity and really learn to to accept you for who you are before you know because the rest of the world doesn't really do that a lot of the times because with the amount of invalidation and you know downtrodding that's always happening i think we've somewhere along the way we've all learned to we've learned to not listen to ourselves and i think you know right off the bat in that movie that's the first thing they address like going to therapy to to accept yourself the other very sad part that they might have captured is you know alia bhat's character around around a client which is a very typical client i mean the typical structure so social structure that most clients come into therapy with you know upper class well to do probably a cis het savarna woman uh, it's a very generic representation of the social strata um of the people that can afford to come in that can afford therapy in india you know there are of course therapists and organizations that offer you know low cost therapy concession slots and they also have waiting lists that go into years so if you want therapy immediately from a very very qualified therapist as soon as possible there's a good chance that you know you need to come from a more urban upper class background because most therapists also aren't fully equipped to to approach therapy from a very social justice perspective so this was a very sad thing that i noted it was really nice to see an on screen therapist that is not this old 
stern man who who lacks basic respect and empathy it was very refreshing to see you know shahrukh khan's character not being overly formal very conversational and pretty empathetic this this is a pretty big win in in modern day bollywood cinema now uh, now probably what's going to get me all the hate there were there were a bunch of issues that i had the first one being boundaries so boundaries are very very powerful tools in therapy you know they provide a very strong foundation for us as therapists to build trust with our clients and develop a therapeutic dyad so the first session this is why the first session is usually dedicated to learning more about the client discussing what therapeutic boundaries are in place and basically getting their informed consent we've completely kind of skipped over this and we see you know shahrukh khan become this mentor or or a friend to to alia bhat having sessions outdoors it's not unheard of um when i trained in the uk i do know that walk and talk therapy is a very big it's it's not very big but it is growing over there as a field in india i would question that just given our population given it's given the density of our population finding privacy you know outside it's i i don't know how that would work Mm-hmm. um i don't i would be very interested to see how it could be implemented in india you know in in the movie they show them having a session on the beach and on the street and you know it see it was deserted on screen again in india don't know how realistic it is i'm very skeptical of a therapist and client cycling together so much of the therapy is you know is us picking up on non verbal cues bringing us bringing in a certain gentleness and slow, slowness to to process our emotions and self pacing to identify all our bodily cues these are really really important hallmarks of therapy so to see him kind of disregard a lot of these boundaries also you know breaking a lot of confidentiality because when you are having sessions outside when you are having sessions on boats you know you are breaking a client's confidentiality which is an absolute ethical no no and also you know there's there's this one point where shahrukh khan just drops this bomb saying that their next session is their last session in reality ending therapy work is a very very delicate process and it deserves a lot of time and space so when you you know drop bombshells of next sessions are last session canceling sessions without notice you know it personally really ticked me off because you know your clients are investing a lot of time and money and energy to to heal and it's so important to respect these investments in what you in what is supposed to be a very collaborative relationship therapy is not a one sided thing it is supposed to be collaborative at its best efforts so to see to see therapists disrespecting clients like that it's it's something that really ticks me off you know there's also these moments where shahrukh khan is just talking about his you know complicated family situation with his kid and with his his divorce um i don't i didn't really understand why that was coming in because so this process of him sort of sharing bits from his own life it's called it, it's a, it's it's something called therapist self disclosure mm-hmm. so it's something that needs to be done with a lot of caution because everything that we do in that therapeutic space is for the client so unless there is some real therapeutic value in a therapist sharing their own life story with the client it shouldn't really be done unless you can really see some kind of value in sharing such an intimate detail i wasn't a huge fan of some of the things in the way he conducted his therapy you know sort of jumping to give advice this really long winded story about you know his this guy on the mountain and a and a lion not a huge fan of of stories like that we do use a lot of metaphors in in the counseling room but somehow when i was watching when i was watching that scene it it seemed more like he was trying to give out advice which is also not something that i would personally 
enjoy in, in a therapeutic space because if you want advice if you want you know quotes you can look them up on the internet you can find a self help book this healing process takes time with you know all the vulnerabilities that our protagonist was bringing in with rejection and abandonment but you know with shahrukh khan's very charming nature on screen and all of his well described stories it was almost as if you know he had this magical power for his clients to feel enlightened immediately your therapist is not there to enlighten you they are there to empower you and i think that is a very very important takeaway you need to feel empowered to reflect by yourself and to be active agents of change in your own life and that and your therapist is supposed to help you with that not dish out nuggets of wisdom for you i think the what i'm just going to kind of wrap up with here the last bit of you know where alia bhat sort of just talks about her feelings towards shahrukh khan at the end this is very very common you know transference is very common in therapy it's very normal for clients to develop feelings with their therapists i mean come on it's a space that feels safe enough to contain your innermost thoughts and desires regardless of however painful they may be and you're still getting hope from the space an environment that that signifies care and love and growth so i love that this was portrayed as a normal part of the therapeutic relationship would have been much more appropriate for you know the therapist to have explored these feelings instead of just shutting them down so mm-hmm. it's a it's a mixed bag for me captured a lot of human moments didn't pathologize mental health struggles inspired a lot of people to want to be dimag doctors and play kabaddi with oceans but i would you know take it with a with a bucket of salt <laughs> you know if you're inspired to go to therapy or become therapist from watching this movie it's not a fully accurate representation there's a lot more emotional labor that you need to put in and a lot less aesthetic moments of therapy and its training process so very very mixed bag for me yeah i think the only thing that i liked about the whole movie was shahrukh khan's uh, office you know Oh, so, I love that office. So good, na? It was such a lovely <laughs> office. <laughs> and I was like, and then you know, and then yeah, and then, then you see like you know your actual therapist's office. Not that big, also. So, so it is really expensive, man. Right. Uh, that was a quite good episode. I feel like a lot to learn from you, and you gave like a lot of perspective. You know about the whole. movies thing all of that now that that i actually knew so um, there was a lot to learn from me so thank you nishi for being with us thank you for calling me and to everyone who listened clear thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode